0: Hey, film fans. I'm Jackie Lynn here with Dave Demarest for our latest episode of Was It That Bad? The show where we watch films that have a bad rap but actually might be worth a watch. This week, we've watched Fear, starring Mark Wahlberg, William Peterson, and Reese Witherspoon. It scored a 6.2 on IMDb and a 46% on Rotten Tomatoes. Is it an amazing cult classic, borderline good, or is it that bad. We'll let you know what we think shortly. We have a new guest on our show tonight, Brandon Lipke, who is no stranger to the aspects of film production. He went to school for video production, editing, and effects, and is a self-described cinephile. By day, you may catch him delivering your mail, and by night, he is an avid film fan. If you ever talk to him, ask him about all the celebs he met in Michigan back in the film incentive days. Brandon, you're a longtime listener, first time caller. Welcome to the show.
1: <laughs> Dave, Jackie, thanks for having me today. You got I it. I appreciate it.
0: All right. Great to have you. Okay, Dave, what do you think? Fear. Was it
2: that bad? So, a personal story. I think we're all about the same age. And this movie came out in 1996. And this okay. was at a time where if you wanted to rent a movie, I know we rent a movie now, you hit a button on Amazon, you get the rental directly to your house. But back in 1996, this was, you know, to someone who's 22, they're like, what the hell is he talking about? You would would have to call the cable company if you wanted a pay-per-view and it would say, your order for such and such movie is confirmed. And there were all these pay-per-view channels that were like the wavy lines, very fuzzy, and then you would just, at like 3.30 when you ordered your movie, it couldn't be right away. You had to order it at a certain time and the fuzzy lines would all of a sudden go clear and it's like yeah we're official and there were like a handful of movies that i remember from this time when you're like mom can i get a pay-per-view and they were the birdcage halloween six seven and the movie we're covering tonight fear those were like four of the movies that i was able to get on pay-per-view and we just watched over and over again so i don't think this is this is a good movie i don't think it's like an awards bait or anything and we'll we'll definitely give our thoughts about it but this is a movie that holds a very special place in my heart because I watched it when it first came out Um, it's a very suspenseful movie some of it doesn't hold up a little bit we'll talk about all that Um, I don't think it was the movie that launched the careers of Mark Wahlberg and Reese Witherspoon but it definitely was a catalyst for their careers this was very early on for both of them I really enjoy this movie I I'm looking forward to talking about it. I was very excited to have a reason to watch it again this week. And, yeah, I, I really enjoy this movie. Brandon, where did you land with us?
1: Well, it's it's almost the same way as you were with the pay-per-view. Um, I was an avid black uh, blockbuster video um, purchaser. Okay. And uh, when the movie first came out in 96, um, I did see it in the theaters. Uh, I actually snuck in to see it. And, um, oh, nice. you know, yeah, I know I was, you know, let's see in April, I was 13 at the time I was discovering love and, uh, <laughs> being a part of the MTV generation a few years back, you know, we had Aerosmith with Alicia Silverstone in all the music videos in 94, they gave us the crush, which in itself yes. was a, a very disturbing story of a 14 year old girl falling madly <laughs> in love with Carrie L from the princess bride. Yep. Um, but yeah, this one, uh, definitely different vibe, uh, seeing it then and seeing it now. I now as, um, you know, nearing 40, I understand why it was in the horror film section at blockbuster video. Uh, whereas back then it was just a very suspenseful, uh, movie with, uh, Marky Mark of all people, you know, setting the good vibrations. Uh, you know, the year before he came out really strong with Leo DiCaprio in the basketball diaries. Yeah. Um, yeah, if, and if anyone hasn't seen it, it's definitely worth a watch. Um, and later on in 96, even though this movie was filmed in 94, um, in 96, Reese Witherspoon came out with a, a nice uh, modern-day Little Red Riding Hood retelling uh, with Kiefer Sutherland in Freeway. Such a good uh, movie. Oh, it's, it, it's very underrated, and what a cast. Bokeem Woodbine, um, I think think uh oh gosh amanda Plummer was her mother yeah uh, who ends up going to prison and then she has to search for her uh, long-lost grandmother and finds Kiefer sutherland who's a uh, a school counselor drives her but <laughs> at the same time he's also a, a an i-5 killer so peak,
2: peak psycho sutherland in, this, in that peak, one
1: oh so good but yeah um again back then yeah confused little me with all these new feelings. I thought it was just a a really strong love story. (laughs) Um, Now I, you know, I'm looking back and I'm wondering what were the statutory rape uh, charges in Seattle in the mid nineties? Because this was really (laughs) awkward to watch as an adult. You mentioned, you mentioned seeing it in the theaters and
2: I was looking at the box office for that weekend. The weekend it opened actually finished fourth. It finished behind Primal Fear. In its second week, James and the Giant Peach and the Birdcage, which was another, the Birdcage was another one of those movies that I got on pay per view with Robin Williams and Nathan Lane. Um, oh, so just you know, it's 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 a standard story. It's kind of like you had mentioned the Crush. A little different, but it kind of has those same vibes. And there's like a little bit of a Fatal Attraction uh, t- dash in there. Just you know, standard formula. Nothing nothing too complicated. Boy meets girl. Things are going well. Things go south pretty quickly. You know been done will be done again and in this in this one for me it works jackie where'd you land on this
0: so i'm really glad we put this movie on the list dave because there are so many extreme situations that turn it into you know somewhat of a thriller but at the same time it seems really ridiculous with these situations and you know Opinions of this are kind of all across the board. I was reading online, um, as I mentioned earlier, you know, some people feel that this hits like a really nostalgic note, um, especially with Marky Mark. Uh, other people are throwing their hands up and they're saying, what the fuck? What is happening? What, what, did did, he, did this really just happen? And um, I'm definitely one of those people who is saying, WTF what is what? what's going on here um, the first time I saw this however was last summer um, well actually which by last summer I mean um, the summer of 2020 which I live in like this time space continuum where the it's past couple blurred. years are just blended <laughs> together <laughs> So, so I did see it as an adult so I feel like I had a little bit more of an objective adult perspective on it um, but wow, David's character is so scary—like manipula- manipulative, obsessive, abusive, violent. He's a horrible person, and <laughs> you know this is this is where a relationship um, gets in danger when it gets into the um, the territory of being considered ownership. So that's that's kind of a really freaky aspect of this movie and you know as far as i'm concerned this character can burn in hell.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and and but big picture too this movie's kind of twisted, right? I mean Oh yes. They decapitated the dog, 9-year-old yeah. runs over and kills somebody. Yeah. <laughs> on top of everything else. So, um, yeah, this is there's a whole lot to talk about here. And,
2: and so, we, uh, no, so go ahead. you did talk about Mark Wahlberg here. I believe this was the first thing that I had seen him in because I had known him as Brandon alluded to Marky Mark. You would just I would just be watching MTV when they had music videos when in like 92, 93. And then all of a sudden I'd be waiting for like the MC Hammer video to come on. And you'd see this <laughs> this, this 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 white guy rapping who wasn't vanilla ice and he's in there in his underwear. He's just wearing his tighty whitey Calvin Klein's. And this is, this this was my first experience with Mark Wahlberg. And I, I know he had uh, the movie Renaissance man before this. And he was also in the basketball diaries, which I didn't see until the mid two thousands. I didn't see the basketball diaries when it came out. Fortunately, I don't know if I would have been allowed in <laughs> around this time, but, um, yeah, so this was kind of like my first theatrical experience with Wahlberg, and I thought he was really good in this. And I this kind of like, we didn't say it was the movie that made him, but he was doing boogie nights a year after this, so it was definitely a catalyst for him. Brandon, any like thoughts on Wahlberg in this movie or Wahlberg in general?
1: Um, well, Wahlberg in general, uh, yeah. It's funny that you know it only took four years. Um, well. Six, if you count the first two trying to get out of his older brother's shadow, but yeah. um, the four years after that, I mean, he he became a triple threat: singer, actor, model, and only up until recently, uh, he hit the grand slam with hamburger enthusiast. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, funny how his career could just skyrocket from one cult film and it's it just happened to be a very insane film it's um yeah again uh he puts all that even in the um the scene with the people all of that just raw anger and Boston emotion just comes out with that one iconic look in the people and um it's what let me in the fucking house yeah a- and right. that was on commercials music videos mtv movie awards um yeah just from there his whole career
2: yeah you mentioned the mtv movie awards he was actually
1: nominated for best villain
2: in the 96 movie awards he lost to a guy who we previously covered jim carrey in the cable guy the, the cable same guy. year yeah. Yep. um yeah you mentioned mark Wahlberg in the peephole that's kind of like one of the images that resonates with this movie there's kind of like just little things that images or like sounds that you think of you think of that we obviously we're going to talk about the roller coaster scene that's kind of like a lasting yeah. image the soundtrack to this um wild horses by the sundays that's the mo- that's the song playing when they're in the roller coaster um that's on my playlist and immediately when it comes on i think of the, the roller coaster scene i think of this movie um come down by bush i Bush 16 stone, one of the best uh,
1: 94. Oh yeah. 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 Again, the movie was filmed in 94. So this came out, you know, the soundtrack and Bush, the album just, it was such a perfect compliment to the, you know, the attitude and atmosphere that they wanted for this film.
2: Yeah. Ironically um, just a little nitpick I had the song machine head was uh, nominated for best song in a movie and it wasn't actually in this movie. It was in the trailer. But, I, I, you know, I watched this twice looking for Machine Head in this movie. Come Down is on, which I, I love that song. I love Michi- I, I love Bush. But, yeah, that, that song wasn't actually in the movie. Um, Jackie, let me redirect that same question to you. Any thoughts on Wahlberg in this or just Mark Wahlberg in general?
0: You know, I'm not a super Wahlberg fan. Okay. He kind of gives me the creeps, to be honest <laughs> with you. Um, so I don't really actively go looking for films that he's been in or – is going to be in. <laughs> However, I will watch a film with him in it. I don't have conflict with that, but yeah, I'm looking at his IMDb, and I remember I remember him back in early two thousands, kind of like Perfect Storm, Planet yeah. of the Apes, yes. Italian Job. Um,
2: Good movie, yeah. Right, yeah and brother, then,
0: you know, he gets a little more. Um, I feel like a little bit more into himself when he's uh, when he did The Departed. Yeah, that was that, that. was a really interesting film. Um, I enjoyed that one. So, mixed feelings about Mark Wahlberg. Um, I don't. I don't have the same music appreciation that both of you two do <laughs> for this film. That's okay. No, <laughs> so, um, but I but I like hearing your commentary about it.
2: Reese Witherspoon. So, Brandon, I'm so glad you mentioned Freeway because that was like that was like a a lesser known film that was really good just because Kiefer Sutherland Jackie were obviously both fans of 24 so seeing Kiefer Sutherland as like not like this this great guy saving the world but as like a fucking nut job
0: (laughs) I buy Um, it I know what he's (laughs) capable of
2: (laughs) yeah so that was that was a good movie And, and like Reese Witherspoon was just like who the hell is this and same thing with this movie and then these were kind of catalysts next year she was making Pleasantville and then she was Cruel Intention shortly after that, Election, American Psycho, Legally Blonde. And then she's just, boom, this is one of the biggest stars in the world. Um, Brandon, let me just redirect the, the same question, different fill-in-the-blank. Reese Witherspoon, any thoughts on this movie or just her in general?
1: I, I was so glad to learn that she was in her 20s when filming this movie.
2: Uh, <laughs> Good point. <laughs> uh,
1: yes, again, I, I'm, I'm not a parent in any way, but I do have nieces and godchildren, and I could really... Uh, empathize and sympathize with william peterson's characters uh steven <laughs> um but yeah i even you know some of the films you wouldn't even think of other than legally bonds sweet home alabama yeah uh, it's just she from this movie it, it showed her range i mean she could do suspense she could do comedy she could do You know, pretty much anything she wants. And at that young age, I'm not surprised that she then that her career grew at the pace that it did. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. 2006 Oscar winner for uh, Walk the Line. Just she's done it all. Been nominated for multiple Emmys. We're going to we're definitely going to talk about her a lot more. Just excellent career. And she was really good at this, I thought. Jackie, any Reese thoughts? I
0: really enjoy Reese Witherspoon in this film and most of her films. I don't have conflicts with her. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's a sweetheart. She is always good at playing that sweetheart role. And Brandon, I'm really glad that you pointed out that she presents some range in this. You know, she's, she's kind of showing us a little bit of her bad girl side here. Um, but mostly it's a, a soft and innocent um, portrayal of a teenage girl. And I, I really enjoyed her.
2: All right, excellent. Will you, the supporting cast in this is, is really interesting. Amy Brenneman, who we, this was the movie she made right after she was De Niro's girlfriend in Heat. Um, Alyssa Milano, who I, I knew at that time from Who's the Boss? And William Peterson, who I didn't really, this was kind of the first time I saw him as well. Jackie, I know you and I have talked about the career of Michael Mann a lot. Yes. And he was, he was obviously in, in Manhunter. I was looking at his IMDb, not a huge film career. Like largely in TV after this, the only things I recognize him in Manhunter. He played the sheriff in Young Guns too, and then it was largely off to CSI for the rest of his career. And I have some thoughts on why that is, and we're we talking about that when we do uh, our favorite scenes. I, I do have some some takes on why he's he's not like largely in films anymore, but we'll 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 table that one. Um, Alyssa Milano, I, I thought she overacted a lot. Uh, one scene in general where um after she's caught she's caught banging david and nicole sees and she you're my only friend it was just top-notch terrible overacting um i didn't think she was very good in this movie but i like her in general um amy brenneman's somebody uh brandon i I think you're a leftovers guy was that accurate
1: oh yes okay
2: definitely all right cool so she's a prominent part of that show and yeah so I, i I I think this was, this was a movie mostly carried by Wahlberg and Witherspoon, but Brandon, did anybody from the, the
1: sidecast stand out for you at all? Uh, poor Samantha Maselli. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) No, it it was really, uh, really tough seeing Alyssa Milano smoke crack in a movie. (laughs) I mean, it was, (laughs) it was just like a, a dagger punch to my childhood. Um, but yeah, William Peterson. I, I think the first thing <laughs> I remember seeing him in was uh, Young Guns too, as Sheriff Pat Garrett. Yeah. Um, mostly because of the all Bon Jovi soundtrack, um, to the, f- a soundtrack to the film. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Blaze of Glory. I think uh-huh. <laughs> that was on all the time. Yep. Uh, but yeah, uh, Amy Brennan, Gosh, uh, you know she's she's one of those actresses that. You know, if you see her face, you could think of three things that she's been in, but you can't think of her name right off the top of your head. Sure, Borderline, you know, she's borderline like, that girl. Yeah, yes. almost like a, yes. a, 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 a female it. Stephen Topoloski.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Perfect little Groundhog Day reference like it. Yeah. Um, we, we talked about the same thing uh, a couple weeks ago when we, we were talking about Rose Byrne. It's just like, you're not going out there to see, you're probably not going out there to see a Rose Byrne movie when we did Neighbors, but if she's in your movie, you know, it's better because of it. Kind of the same deal with Amy Brenneman. Uh, Jackie, any thoughts on the non leads in this?
0: I have to shout out to William Peterson. Okay. He was really enjoyable as the dad. And I wish, I wish my dad had been a lot more intimidating to some of the guys I brought home (laughs) (laughs) like William Peterson. I don't know. Maybe people with intimidating fathers wish that they had been more welcoming, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, William Peterson really pulled that off. And I'm familiar with, as you mentioned, um, his performance in Manhunter. And his his. uh, So I'm familiar with him uh, dealing with psychopaths. Yeah. But this was definitely more an aggressive, active way dealing with this guy. Um, I guess I would call this. A significantly lighter role in comparison at the same time a great role for him he he fits into the detective dad shoes quite well really happy seeing him in this he's kind of one of the things that stands out to me about this film
2: one thing i i, I messaged both of you last night i was like i didn't even realize that james foley directed this and he also directed glengarry gvan ross with yes. just, right. just a movie that has everybody in it. Al Pacino, Ed Harris, Jack Lemon, Kevin Spacey. Lemon, yeah. um, just every, everybody, just a great movie. I had to send you that Alec Baldwin scene when I, I used to be a real estate agent. So that was like, that was something I would just watch periodically. I was just to like get motivated. Fortunately, it, you know, it didn't work out as many times as I watched that clip. It's such such a good clip from that movie. And Gene Siskel kind of echoed my thoughts because he hated this movie, he called it predictable trash. And he said, it's shocking that such a film was made by the same director who gave us Glenn Glary, Glenn Ross, just, um, just really. Yeah. I was, I was, I was shocked when I, when I read that on his IMDb, uh, any thoughts on that movie, Brandon, or James Foley, the director in general?
1: Oh, gosh. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Uh, I think I had that on a dual taped VHS growing up, and I didn't quite understand it until my teenage years. Uh, it was just a great movie to learn new swear words <laughs> as a kid. Um, yeah, great dialogue all the way through, and the way that film is presented. Uh, just from the viewpoint of the agents themselves, coffee is for closers. I mean, you got to make that sale. I, you
2: know, funny story. I went to buy a shirt that said "Coffee is for closers," but it was like it was like forty dollars, and I was I I'm, yeah, I was like, I'm not spending forty. I'm not spending forty dollars for a T-shirt, regardless of how dope it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So on that note, why don't we take a quick break and we'll go into our favorite scenes. All right, favorite scenes. The first one I have here is the club scene where Nicole first meets David. And I don't even know if I like the scene, but I just had a lot of questions. Mainly like, <laughs> how are two 16-year-old girls getting in this club at on a school night, presumably? And nobody's checking IDs at the door. It was just really weird. Um, Alyssa Milano, we talked about her overacting in this movie. She starts doing like an Elaine Bennis dance with this, this <laughs> dude that they previously saw also another scene earlier in the movie they go to a, a like a restaurant this club is it's like a restaurant but it's also a club and it's hopping at like noon on a school another school day how are these kids leaving school like i had to go i had to like it's i had to sign out i had to talk to a security officer if i was leaving the building these kids are just coming and going as they like but back to the club scene this is just you know david meets nicole starts talking to her and somehow chaos ensues for some reason, they go on the roof. And I, I, I another note I have, there's no security at this club either because everyone's just fighting and nobody's, nobody's stopping anything. Just really weird scene. But, it, you know, it was towards the beginning of the movie and it was the first meeting between Nicole and David, uh, Reese Witherspoon and Mark Wahlberg. So I, I did put it on my favorite scenes. Brandon, any thoughts on this scene?
1: Well, that scene certainly is... Uh, it's not... It's the first lines of dialogue together. So they're they're setting the the foundation for what seems to be a wonderful relationship. Um, But I think it's a scene that's needed because, um, again, being up on the roof and evading the cops as a 16-year-old, I certainly can't relate to that. (laughs) But, um, yeah, uh, just her willing to follow a complete stranger to avoid trouble. Um, Then, you know, when she's jumping from the roof to the fire escape, you know, all he has to do is say, trust me. And (laughs) for some reason she does. Sure, (laughs) Very good looking guy. I don't know. I'm, (laughs) you know, I, I don't know.
2: I don't, I don't know any 16 year olds anymore, but maybe when I was 16, if I had asked my 16 year old friends who were girls, would you have just followed Mark Wahlberg wherever he asked you to go? I would say seven out of 10 would have said yes. I mean, objectively speaking, he's a very good looking, dude. Truth. Uh, you know, before, you know, he's a psycho. I maybe a lot of people would follow him wherever he needs to go. And he does does uh, he was a smooth talker in this opening scene. And he did get Nicole to follow him. Uh, Jackie, what do you think of the that scene in this movie?
0: I had both of those scenes at the top of my list as well cool. dave so yeah i had questions too about the hangout that they're at and i think the older guys are there to sell drugs initially <laughs> yes. so there's some sketchy things going on sure. here to begin with and yeah then they go to um this party which appears to be maybe a rave and yep. i don't i don't know are raves still a thing
2: I'm old. I don't know.
0: I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm old. I'm
1: <laughs> they old. were then. Definitely.
0: They were then. Well, I remember in high school there were some older girls that were trying to convince me that going to a giant party in an abandoned warehouse in downtown Detroit was Down a good Detroit. idea.
1: Yeah. <laughs> don't don't feel bad. I was there. If I remembered any, I would have <laughs> I would have filled you in by now.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. You know these people seem kind of young to be doing this yeah but she's she's pretty trusting of him and i'm thinking back to that conversation where they're having inside the rave and he kind of comes up to her and he's like why aren't you dancing you know (laughs) and she's like i I don't know why aren't you're not dancing either you know it's just like this awkward teenage conversation
2: (laughs) and he stares for like maybe like two seconds too long like he doesn't answer her right away I'm like, all right. And it's just, and it's like, if I did that, I'm not as good looking as Mark Wahlberg. So if I did that, it'd be creepy as hell. But like-
0: No, when... no, he's creepy. He's creepy, Dick. <laughs> <laughs> he's creepy. All right, but thanks for prop- propping me up. I, I guess she's looking for kind of that bad boy. She's yeah. looking for somebody probably her dad doesn't approve of. She, She clearly wants to prove something that she's older than she is. And so she jumps off that fire escape and <laughs> and gets in a car with a person that she has only known for, what, 10 minutes? Yeah. And,
2: man. Yeah. Well, co- a combination of, you know, objectively speaking, once again, a combination of Mark Wahlberg is very good looking. And she's a 16-year-old girl, probably, who hasn't made good choices. Yeah. It's good
0: I'm on, good... I'm on Team bake, Make Better Choices.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Jackie, what's the scene you like?
0: How about we talk about the scene, I'm going to call it the family schmoozer. Sure. Where Marky Mark, um, I guess I'm going to call him that, um, <laughs> goes uh, to meet her family for the first time. And he is absolutely schmoozing with every single member of her family. It's almost like he knows what he's doing um he's offering to help mom with uh the lawn and he's even petting the dog and making jokes with the younger brother and <laughs> oh hey dad yeah you know it, it's cool you know nice to meet nice to meet you all and then when they're inside he's like nicole give me a coke
2: <laughs> and
0: william peterson snaps up and he's like what the fuck did you say to my daughter
2: yeah yeah what
0: what did you say but he actually doesn't say anything he just lets it go and right. i i really wanted him to say something at that moment i think we all do but he holds back he's he's holding his cards close he's trying not to judge this guy too soon but
2: <laughs> and this was you know
0: some his little his little alarm is going off in his head
2: we talked about nitpicks in this movie the 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 use of clocks in this movie, it comes it comes towards the end of this scene where Mr. Walker tells David, you know, Nicole's curfews, I think twelve. He's like not 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 twelve oh five or whatever. And David does a workaround by setting this one clock in the house that presumably has multiple clocks. One he just single sets the clock. Sets mm-hmm. the clock back, which just fucks up Mr. Walker's whole work schedule. He's late for a project because I, I don't know, he didn't decide to go to the kitchen to see the clock there. He doesn't have a watch. Now he's successful. So this is a huge nitpick. I have just the one, setting the one clock in this house back an hour or two or hour, however far he set it back, just, you know, was, was the catalyst for everything going wrong. Uh, Brandon, any thoughts on that scene for you?
1: Uh that is actually one of my uh, favorite scenes. Uh, it's David's first uh, real interaction with uh, Mr. Walker. Mm-hmm. And f- just from that interaction uh, before uh, turning the clock back, uh, Alyssa Milano's character, Margo, uh, sort of seductively bends over to tease the older father. Yep. And oh, David wow. sees that immediately as a cue like, oh, this guy's uh, marriage is on the rocks. I got you. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, just, just more ammo to use against uh, uh, William Peterson later.
2: Definitely. <laughs> Good note. Um,
1: another scene I have
2: here, and this is kind of. You know, one might say this is the signature scene of the movie. I'm, I'm going to try to skate the line here because there's, like, it's tough to talk about the scene without sounding weird. You know, this is the roller coaster oh. scene.
0: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you,
2: you can't talk about this movie without talking about this scene. Yeah, Regardless of how, no, how uncomfortable it might be. Um, this is just the scene where, you know, Wild Horses by the Sundays is, play, is playing. That comes on the... I. You know, they are synonymous with this scene and this movie forever. This is just you know young love maybe he's a little bit older but you know he he is fingering her on a roller coaster it's just pretty wild scene this is you know we talked about the the people scene and this scene these are the two things you know when you when you walk up to a random person who's seen this movie what's what do you think about first when you think about this movie you might flip a coin people fingering on the roller coaster so (laughs) um so jackie any any thoughts on this I figure we can't not talk about this.
0: Oh gosh. I <laughs>
2: <laughs> Oh gosh. Yeah, oh gosh kind of comes up. That's I don't right. know
0: what to say about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's <laughs> a metaphorical. Oh gosh is kind of yeah. I I didn't We're not going to
2: do an anatomy lesson here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the I I will say I thought they used uh, the Wild Horses song um, a little too much throughout okay. <laughs> the film. Once would have been enough. <laughs> but saying, I I don't I don't know why they chose that song for this, and you know she.
2: It's all about is, tempo and is, rhythm. This
0: is awkward.
2: Yeah, sure, <laughs> it is. This is this is awkward. That could be like the tagline for this podcast.
0: They're singing about horses when she's <laughs> on her joyride. <laughs> I don't know, man.
2: Totally fair. You know, there's not much. This, this is a brief scene, and we see it. It's it's kind of like establishing them as a couple. And you know, it's you know, it's probably one of two things that you think of just off the top of your head when we uh, when you think about this movie. For sure, for sure. All right. So the next scene I have is where. Um, Mr. Walker pulls, pulls David aside before he's beating up with Nicole to kind of give him a pep talk or to tell him that I don't want you seeing see Nicole anymore. And this scene does not go the way it would hoped Mr. Walker or William Peterson would hope for. Um, just warning for the listeners, I did a bad Christopher Walken impression on our Batman Returns podcast last week. I wrote down this entire monologue here. It's just because I, I think it's important and I love Wahlberg in this scene. And so Wahlberg starts this off. William Peterson starts kind of tough talking him a little bit. Wahlberg does this was 1996. Not that this was okay in 1996, but he does start this off with a get a slur meant for gay people that I'm not going to say in fear of getting canceled. So I'll, I'll skip skip that part. But he goes he just goes in on William Peterson. Uh, let, me, let me do this. I've I, I have been practicing this a, a little bit so. I did write this Let's down. There you go. He goes, that's what this whole thing That's what this whole thing is, Steve. It's about your inadequacies, your fears. Listen to me. See, I'm hip to your problems, all of them. I know you abandoned the coal when she needed you most because I licked the sweet tears. I know about things coming apart at work. Maybe you fucking lost it in that department. I also know you ain't keeping up your end, so to speak, with the missus because if you were, she wouldn't be all over my stick. Relax, Steve. We're friends. We're practically family. (laughs) And it's just, William, it's not even worth saying what (laughs) William Peterson said something to him after about like ripping his balls off and shoving them down his throat or something. And it was just, you you saw these two guys going at it. Mark Wahlberg, I I just watched the scene. It was like Mark Wahlberg just ended William Peterson's career in this scene. It was like, you're going to TV for the rest of your life because he just outclassed him so much. This was LeBron James going up against the guy you played JV basketball with in 10th grade. It was just, he bodied him in this scene. It was just two actors just in on different planets. And I was just, Jackie, we covered pain and gain with Mark Wahlberg. And there was kind of like a variation of this scene where he's like tough talking, a seven-year-old saying, um right. that I, I i saw your mother looking at me i'll be your stepfather by the weekend and it was at that point in 2012 Wahlberg had just metastasized into Wahlberg. but at this point he was just kind of coming into that and i was just this scene was my favorite scene in the movie just because he destroys him and william peterson's no slouch but it was just he fucking leveled him in this scene and i thought it just ended his career you're going to csi forever now um Brandon, what'd you th- what do you think of this
1: scene? Oh, it is unbelievable. Uh almost any scene where Mark Wahlberg could like post up with some like p- pure primal alpha male posturing <laughs> really effeminates <laughs> the father. Oh uh, God, it, it is such an amazing uh monologue form.
2: Yeah, and it ends it ends with him like walking away. he just sort starts- of pounding his chest and i'm like you know if oh my god I, I know i know there was like an effect to that but if i like if i'm a 20 year old which is presumably how old david was like 20 21 maybe and i just like destroyed eviscerated this grown man i'm gonna just stand there pounding my chest just out of like yeah i fucking did it i'm fucking amped up <laughs> but you know there was a purpose he was trying to like make the cold think that like he, he beat the shit out of him i but yeah just, and that's another thing that another image. That sticks with this movie. Just Wahlberg pounding his chest repeatedly. Just this is my favorite scene in the movie. Jackie, what'd you think of the scene?
0: I agree with both of you. And by the way, Dave, that was a great Mark Wahlberg impression.
2: Better than my (laughs) walking.
0: I vote for this
2: one. All
0: right. No, no, but you really got the point across. And yes, Mark Wahlberg is definitely the alpha male here. And he shuts down William Peterson so fast. He rips the rug from right out from beneath him. And I wasn't expecting that. And William Peterson was not expecting that. He just got schooled. He got served.
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) That was a really powerful scene. I'm really glad you brought that up.
2: Yeah, just uh, this is I for me the signature scene uh, aside <laughs> aside from the uh, the roller coaster. But yeah, this is this is my this is my number one. Um, the last scene I have down here was the end scene. But did either of you have anything you wanted to talk about before we we got there?
0: Um, I have a few. Brandon, do you have some? Any or some?
1: Yeah, uh, a few. Um, sure. Probably one of the more uh, cult images of the movie is uh, David carving Nicole's name into his chest. Yes. And, That's next somehow, and somehow inking it. I mean, he's cutting on, you know, you're seeing him cutting it into his chest, but <laughs> later on, it, it's somehow inked into a tattoo. And uh, I, th- <laughs> I think reading the synopsis of the movie, David is actually 23 years old, so it okay. makes it even creepier going after a 16 year old. Sure uh and uh being a 23 year old he does not know how to spell ever
0: <laughs> doesn't <it>, well does <laughs> not he use I, the numeral 4
1: maybe no eva he uses eva or eva <laughs> with one v it could be we don't know how to
2: spell ever <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> no um you know when i think about this movie uh other than obviously the roller coaster scene uh the uh the cutting scene is definitely one Uh, that falls in with me and also uh, one quick one Uh, later on in the film when uh, uh, William Peterson discovers that his his beautiful car is destroyed yeah tough break he gets gets the note on the car that no dad wants to see now I've popped both your cherries oh no (laughs) and it's like how fucking morose can you be in this film I've i'm mark Wahlberg. i've already
2: ended your career and now i just destroyed your car as well (laughs) and yeah i do have it in my notes here the ink i was like he has all this blood on him and then he wipes the blood off of his of his chest and that's clearly just written in pen it's like there's no interpretations that's not a tattoo that's clearly written with like a big pen just as nicole forever i'm like i was looking at it the second time i hit pause i'm like no it's definitely just somebody from the From the technical department just just wrote on him somebody had that job from film school just write write this on mark Wahlberg's chest
0: hey can we give a shout out though to um david's character for writing that backwards in a mirror and getting it correct
2: (laughs) not easy that is on his own body (laughs) not easy to do (laughs) that
0: reminds me of um the movie we're the millers where the one guy um, ma- has a tattoo across the top <laughs> of his uh, collarbone. And it says, uh,
2: no it's regerts? supposed to say no regrets, no but it says
0: no regrets."
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: Possible they copied it from this. They That was the inspiration. The inspiration came from this movie, possibly. It had to be. Uh, Jackie, well, you, had a, you had a scene you wanted to say?
0: Yeah, I wanted to add on to what Brandon was saying um, after the car gets trashed. And then um, William Peterson goes nuts and he goes to David's house and trashes the house. Yeah. And a lot of people cite this as unrealistic. um, But I feel like it was a pretty natural and appropriate reaction. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, You know, I, I feel like this is something that might not hold up these days. But I realized that if he had simply called the police yeah. on David or said, "Oh, he lives in this really suspicious drug house. He vandalized <laughs> my car," then it would be a really boring film. It would not be very exciting yes, yes. or very motivating for um, for Mark Wahlberg to come to um, the Peterson or William Peterson's house and go after their family so they you know they needed these catalysts
2: here that would have been that would have been like one of those memes that you see where it's just a, a different take of the movie and it's william peterson on the phone like hello police um hello? this is where david lives and then the next the next part of the meme is directed by james foley that's just that's <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's it. The end the <laughs> that's it. <laughs>
0: but hey how weird was that shrine to nicole in, oh, in that gosh. oh wait that's her name right
2: yeah nicole yes. yep. nicole
0: um yeah yeah creepy he's stolen the daddy's little girl bracelet yeah. he has this wedding cake topper um yeah you all also, these all these creepy things you also had, he had a chunky doll uh, he
2: had in a, a chucky doll. doll yeah on his ledge
0: <laughs>
2: okay the, the, you know the, there's a lot of red flags there
0: <laughs> yeah yeah chicks <laughs> dig that right
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah all right so end scene um i just kind of have bullet points of the things that happen in this scene um, we start off, you know, I, I am, we are an anti-killing dog podcast. I'm just going to, I'll make that executive yes. decision. So It's a, it's a tough scene when we see the, uh, the dog's head come into the, the doggy door. That's tough. That was I tough. knew that
0: dog wasn't going to make it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was tough. We do get the Wahlberg people scene. So let me in the fucking house. Um, we get a cool shot of Amy Brenneman. She's drilling. She puts a power drill through a guy's hand. That was pretty cool. Um, Just another instance of Wahlberg just fucking dominating William Peterson. Uh, We get the scene where the security guard comes up and we think they're safe. Peterson socks Wahlberg right in the face. And Wahlberg just doesn't even flinch. No sells this punch. He just gets right up. Nothing, not affected at all. Just, I'm going to continue ending your career through this movie. And (laughs) William Peterson does get the last laugh, though, because he does throw Wahlberg 50 feet to his death. It was like very unrealistic, but it was, it was cool. He did go through the window onto the ledge and it it ends with uh, David dying. So those were, I just kind of had like a bullet point. Oh, and Nicole putting a a vampire stake. I was like, where did she get this wooden stake meant to kill vampires? But they had it. It was, it was useful.
1: Um, Actually, Dave, that, that was the, um, the prize that he won her at the carnival. Oh, sure. Okay. Good catch. Good catch. Yeah.
2: A vampire steak?
1: No, it was uh, some sort of, uh, oh gosh. It was like a hammer or something? Yeah. It was something tribal that you could only find in a oh. uh, carnival in Seattle. <laughs>
2: and, just, and just another instance, like he's oh. stabbed in the back and he's still fucking beating the shit out of William Peterson in this fight. <laughs> like just he's just like he's dying at this point and he's still just he's William Peterson is still no match despite him bleeding profusely until finally he just he has nothing no gas left in the tank and William Peterson's able to throw him out the window uh Jackie what'd you think of the ending of this movie
0: I have similar notes to you I, I have stakes him like a vampire <laughs> I was really pleased with that moment there and then when William Peterson is, you know, beating him up in, in those final moments and they're so close to that window. And I'm just thinking, I'm like, oh, there's a window right there that could work. <laughs> yeah. And but and they kind of fake you out a couple times for split seconds before he gets pushed out the window. Like, oh, oh, that's not going to work. Oh, it's tense. And it, it, it built up some. Some good suspense there, and finally he pushed him out the window and <laughs> splat.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a cool splat. It was, and all it was a good fall. You know, he he put this he put this family through a lot, and it was probably satisfying to see him just you know, he, he does have a good death in this movie. I thought, uh, Brandon, what are your thoughts on the 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 final scene in this?
1: Um, I mean, as far as the action, um, it, it was. I don't know, f- for me viewing it, it was like I, I was rooting for it all along. Young uh, little brother Toby taking the car. Yes. Uh, his six-year-old self can't <laughs> dial 911, but he could put a Jeep in a the- in- in the drive and run over <laughs> a criminal. Uh, he- he's really the unsung hero
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh,
1: of the final scene. But um, I don't know, maybe I'm just spoiled with uh, thriller movies. You-, you see David falling out the window, obviously dead. And then roll credits. I mean, you don't get a shot of the family afterwards. Uh, I mean, it's just, uh, it's so sudden and abrupt. It does end, yeah, it does end kind of quick.
0: You know, there was an interesting note that I ran across was that there was boats that came up to the house. And a few running theories were that he still survived somehow and was crawling away, but we didn't (laughs) see it.
2: Okay.
0: I, I don't buy that one. The one I like is that the tide had started to rise and so they had to dive in to retrieve his body.
2: That would have been you know, that would have been just further further insult to injury to William Peterson. If William Peterson <laughs> threw him fifty feet and then he just walked it off. That would, that would have been kinda of funny.
1: <laughs> Say hello to your mother for me. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah,
2: yeah, you know, th- this fun movie, hour and 36 minutes, you know, w- it does what it needs to do. It doesn't get full of itself. It's it's enjoyable. And, you know, all these scenes were were pretty good. This was, you know, if you're a Wahlberg fan, if you're a Reese Witherspoon fan, if you're just a fan of thrillers, not awards bait, but I, I enjoy this movie overall. I'm glad to be talking about it with both of you. And I hope uh, you're enjoying listening to it. According to the Internet. So, uh, Jackie, you, you messaged me last night. And you said, not a lot of stuff I found on the internet. And I kind of had the same thing. Maybe I don't know if Brandon had the same thing going on with him. But I did find a couple of tidbits. I did find one casting almost that the first choice for Nicole was Liv Tyler. And she turned it down. Oh, wow. Um yeah, yeah this yeah. works with Reese Witherspoon. I don't I, I don't see Liv Tyler in, I don't in see this call. I, I think we got I think we got the casting of Nicole correctly. Uh, any thoughts on that? I think downgrade for all of us.
1: Yeah. Was this Pre or post Empire Records?
2: Ninety. Empire Records was ninety five, I believe. So the uh, oh, so post.
1: really that that's all you've seen her, in? I, I don't know if that would have worked for a, a suspense thriller going from, you know, maybe a a teen drama. Yeah. Uh, film.
2: And this, so this would have been ninety six. That thing you do, would have been what Liv Tyler was up to in in ninety six.
0: Hmm. So I can't see it.
2: Yeah, no, I like I like recentness. Um, Jackie, do you have an internet? Or... I had
0: a I had a casting what if? Okay, cool. But I made it up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> How dare you make something up on according to the internet?
0: <laughs> so I was trying to I was trying to replace David, and so I was googling lists of creepy actors, young creepy male actor.
2: Okay, <laughs> oh, wow. that was
0: a strange Google, but there was actually. Lists of that on IMDb.
2: Okay, who'd you come up with?
0: Came up with things. Um, so I know I've mentioned him before with the creepy eyes, but Killian Murphy, okay, uh, was a candidate. Sure, possibly It'll work. My second one, perhaps younger version of Michael C. Hall, who played Dexter.
2: Yeah, yeah, My work. We've Killian Murphy was a great Scarecrow. That you know, like mm-hmm. picture him in that role. Yeah, I could definitely. Uh. Little smaller than Wahlberg. Wahlberg had his, like his size. He was in, He was you know physically imposing. But you know, he was. Bo- both of these guys you mentioned, Michael C. Hall and Killian Murphy, both play good psychopaths.
0: They have the the good creep factor. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Okay, so so maybe, but maybe not the same okay. as Marky yeah. Mark.
2: <laughs> uh Brandon, did you have anything you found on the internet?
1: Um. Yeah, and I'm trying to recall where I found it. It was actually. Um, pieces of the original script that were uh uh cut from the final uh final rendition of the film um first of all uh it's a character that we didn't discuss uh Gary her yeah. uh, Nicole's oh, gay yeah, best, gay bestie uh in in the original script he was um outed as a gay character yeah um yes. where it, whereas it would have just added a whole other layer of brutality and sure. uh, despicableness uh, yeah. getting beaten to death in the woods. I mean, I know the, especially in the United States, the whole Matthew Shepard case didn't come out until a few, few years later. Yes. But yeah, this would have, that would have just added a whole, uh, just, there was know, definitely somebody, was there was
2: definitely was really somebody in a department somewhere who's got to James Foley and was like, you, you can't do this. And right. so they, they never mention it. I was I, I kinda wondered, you know, this guy's hanging out with Alyssa Milano and Reese Witherspoon for presumably his whole life and he's not trying anything. Uh what's going on here? And you know, maybe he got friend zoned by both of them. Yeah,
0: it was like, why is he in the friend zone? Yeah, he's yeah. So nice. But
2: yeah. So yeah, but yeah, Brandon, you you echo my thoughts exactly. You know, you have mm-hmm. Wahlberg. This is uh, you know, even though that probably he was just, you know, his character is a psycho, but this would have been uh you would have had petitions to cancel this movie. Probably in 96, there, it would have been pretty strong.
1: Oh, but definitely.
2: Yes, good thing that this was, this yeah. was written out, even though he's presumably gay, his character is presumably gay in this yeah. movie.
1: And also the, uh, something else real quick that wasn't put into the final cut, uh, David's origin story. Um, apparently, uh, the way it was originally written, his mother was a cheerleader in high school. Um, she got raped by an athlete. Okay. Um, she was ostracized by her community when she was a a young teenage mom and uh that's how david was born and come to find out years later that the athlete that raped his mom was william peterson stephen walker so
0: yeah 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 that's a weird twist
1: yeah playing with his half sister doing all the things he did to her just to get revenge on his on his (laughs) dad yeah, that that I don't even know what kind of film it would have been. Had they get that in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, that's there's totally
0: a WTF mo- moment there. Absolutely, yeah.
2: just totally different movie. Yeah. I have
0: something to add on to that because I was reading about that as well. That he they were saying his uh, self made tattoo. It said it originally said Eve on it. Eve was his mother's name. Okay. apparently in this this version, and so he adjusts it to say ever and put nicole for ever in there but i guess he would have had
2: to spell ever correctly
1: (laughs) oh no we can't have him do that
2: if he spelled it correctly we're not talking about the scene (laughs) right right Um, One more I have here was, and you know, this is one of those that we read and I'm like, I don't know about this, but you know, for the, for the fun of podcasting, I'll, I'll cite it. It said that Leonardo DiCaprio recommended Wahlberg be in this movie to James Foley after they had, this was right after they were in basketball diaries together. So Mm -hmm. uh, Foley was looking for a lead in this movie. And I don't, I don't know the relationship between him and DiCaprio, but apparently Leonardo DiCaprio vouched for him heavily. And if that's true, it was a uh, it was it was a good move, and that and uh, that was that's one of those something
0: to piggyback off of that one, surely. That James Foley insisted on Mark Wahlberg playing David. Uh, he, at first, he was invited to the audition to play one of David's friends. Okay, but according to the internet, Foley was so impressed with the audition that he said he would only direct this film if Mark Wahlberg was cast. As David. Okay. All right.
2: Yeah. And you that, have that
0: backing from Leonardo DiCaprio, I guess, too. That so. helps.
2: Yeah. All, all these good decisions all around. I got one more. I've got one more. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, okay.
0: So there were talks of redoing this film in 90- 2019. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Um, however, the pandemic hit and. Yes. Yeah. Stopped talking about it. I is guess. this is
2: this something good to come out of COVID?
0: <laughs> Maybe so. I don't know how you could redo this one. No, it
2: it doesn't need to be. Product yeah, like, like,
0: of its time too. It's
2: like this is a movie from 1960. This is a movie from you know 20 years ago that we we all kind of resonate as in right. you know people we still are in Mark Wahlberg and Reese weatherspoon still very much in the consciousness of us. Yeah, this this I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad this didn't happen. You know, I'm not glad COVID happened, but I'm glad that <laughs> that, that this did not happen because it's it, totally unnecessary. All right. Uh, trivia. Would you like to go first, Jackie, or would you like me to
0: go ahead, Dave?
2: All right. So Reese Witherspoon is one of several actresses to both be nominated or win an Oscar. She won an Oscar in 2006 for Walk the Line. She was also nominated for an Emmy for her role in Big Little Lies. There are several, several other actresses to be nominated for both an Oscar and an Emmy, but only one, surprisingly, who won out of this list. So I'm going to give you a list of actresses. One of them has won both an Emmy and an Oscar. Okay, here they are. Oh, wow. Toni Collette, Melissa McCarthy... Helen Hunt, Laura Linney, or Laura Dern? Brandon, you can take first dibs on this.
1: Oh, wow. Um, Just because of the 90s, I'm mad about Helen Hunt, and I I think I'm going to have to go with uh, Mad About You's Helen Hunt. Okay, that'll be your guess. Jackie?
0: I have no
2: idea. (laughs) (laughs) You mean you didn't study the 1990s Emmy winners before our show? <laughs>
0: oh, I totally forgot my notes. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, um, okay we'll just say Laura Linney.
2: Okay. Um, it was not Laura Linney. Brandon, you actually got it right. It was Helen Hunt. Um, Helen Hunt won for Mad About You, as you cited, and also for nice. in As Good As It Gets. Yeah. Um, Laura Linney was nominated for Ozark and also The Savages, which she played, her and Philip Seymour Hoffman play brother and sister. Great movie, which I enjoyed a lot. But yeah, did not win. Um, So yeah, good job, Brandon. Thank
0: you. Nice work. (laughs) Good question, Dave.
2: Thank you. Jackie, what do you got?
0: Okay. My question is, which of these statements is not true about Mark Wahlberg? Okay. At age 13, Wahlberg developed an addiction to cocaine and other substances. Okay. Um, Hold on here. Okay. In 2015, he apologized to Pope Francis about the jokes he made regarding his movie, Ted. Okay. Wahlberg does not... Have a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Okay. Last one. His home features a 2,500 square foot private gym made from a converted airport hangar. Wow. So I'll review. Age 13, cocaine. Yeah. Does not have a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame uh, apologized to the Pope about Ted and has a giant house with a 2,500 square foot gym with mate with a full size boxing
2: ring. I don't know. I just, I just feel like he's not a guy who apologizes to people. <laughs> no. So uh, that's going to be my crack. I'm going to say he never apologized to the Pope. That'll Okay. That'll
0: be Brandon, what do you uh, think?
1: I think, uh, Mark Wahlberg's the type of man who, uh, Work, not only does he work out daily but he goes out into public to work out daily just so he could show off i don't think he has a home gym okay
0: all right very good guesses guys and again this is according to the internet so there w- there was some pretty interesting stuff on this page that i found this on <laughs> okay. those two things are actually accurate according okay to the internet all right um the correct answer is that Wahlberg does have a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame wow. as of uh, July 2010.
2: That seemed like I, I okay yeah that that seemed like I don't know.
1: Did he get that for the Fighter? Maybe I mean was that that yeah. must have been after the Fighter.
2: I'm so curious. he really had a, he got. Oh, a I
0: wonder if it was the Fighter. He was really he
2: he. he I mean
1: I don't think it was well Disney's that. Invincible, but um, yeah, probably the Fighter.
0: 30, I'm, looking, maybe... I'm looking at imdb right now I'm trying I'm to think of where to... i was at
1: 13 i
2: couldn't imagine getting addicted to cocaine
1: well he was actually and this is a terrible useless trivia that i know he was actually one of the original members of new kids on the block uh right. <laughs> when he is was when where he was 13 yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and um i guess touring and cocaine just did it for him and he couldn't do it anymore he couldn't handle it all
0: right wow. Makes sense. that's yeah. that's that's a shame <laughs>
2: Yeah, <laughs> that's rough All right, uh, Brandon, what's something good you watched this week?
1: Oh wow um, Actually <laughs> been on a, a little bit of a severance kick on Apple yes. TV nice. Oh god um, I mean this last episode was just Bonkers? incredible yeah. Yes, really And for it being a nine episode season uh, I'm hoping that they answer more questions Tell me what the damn numbers are for yeah, that's, that's all I want to know. Just tell me what the numbers are for.
2: Tell me um, who some of these people are outside. We only know Adam Scott's story. That's right what's in the outside.
1: Yeah. Um, also, I've been on a little bit of a true crime kick. And uh, Netflix released uh, just uh, just recently a new uh, series called Worst Roommate Ever. This has been oh, recommended
0: to me. We were talking yeah. about oh, that. What is, what is this about? Is this like a reality show? Tell me no. No.
1: All right. So it's uh, five episodes long, four different stories. The last story is um, two part or yeah, two episodes. But uh, basically, (laughs) um, from the uh, legal perspective of, uh, especially with the last story, uh, squatters rights, how um, people could just move into your house. And this gentleman in particular knew the law so well that. I mean, he went around the nation just taking advantage of all these people that didn't know the law and f- legally got them removed from their home for months, just ruining their credit scores, um, getting them ev- that that's just the last the, the two part episode. The first episode is about a dear old lady, uh, assuming dear old lady, um, who's taking in all these um uh people with disabilities and uh some of them start to disappear and then you realize that some of them are also buried in her backyard so um okay, yeah can you, t- can
0: you clarify real quick is yeah. this a documentary or is this a yes. drama
1: oh no it's a it's a five episode true crime uh series
2: <gasps> whoa
1: yeah so these much. are true That's stories so crazy. yeah
2: yeah, someone yeah. recommended this to me, and I think a couple of people talked about it in the movie group. So it's definitely mm-hmm. like um, it's definitely on my radar. I'm I'm am aware of it. It sounds it's in the Netflix top ten. So oh, yes. yeah, yeah. So a lot of yeah, it's definitely uh, picking up steam, and it sounds like something I could definitely. Five episodes. You definitely. How long are the episodes, Brandon?
1: Uh, anywhere from fifty-four to fifty-eight minutes.
2: Okay, yeah, it's not too bad. All right, cool. So some good recs there, Jackie. What's something good you watched this week?
0: I know we've been chatting about Batman a lot this Shoot, week. Sabbath. Yeah, but this this was so exciting. Um, number one, I got to leave my house. <laughs> number two, I got to go on a date with my husband. Nice. Number three, I got to see a movie. And all these, these two, the top two things there have not happened in two years. <laughs> so it was really exciting to finally get out and go see a movie let alone a batman movie at the theater and it was so much fun i really enjoyed it um, i love seeing fresh takes on batman yeah we've been talking about it so much uh, especially after our shows this week so um i'm i'm pretty sure i'll, I'll take the bait each time
1: yeah if you make a batman was-
0: movie i'm gonna go see it um, so, I've had some time to finally digest this film, and um, I really want to pass an official judgment on it um, after a second viewing. Um, I'll watch it again when it comes out on streaming. But overall, really happy with the direction that yeah. it took. I did miss having what I would call a traditional score or soundtrack. Mm-hmm. The movie or the music just really didn't resonate with me. Uh, but th- then again, it also kind of fit with the tones of the movie. I get what they were going for. Um, just kind of doesn't match my taste in music. Um, so I can't say too much more without spoiling it for our, our listeners. I will say I don't think Robert Pattinson is attractive at all on
1: a normal <laughs> day.
0: Sorry, Rob. Uh, but he pulls off the bat suit just right. Absolutely worth a watch, guys. Go see it if you haven't seen it.
2: Yeah, I, I enjoyed it as well. And yeah, i, I you know, I, I don't want to spoil anything either. But yeah, I'll just say I'll echo what you just said. Yeah, go see it if you are comfortable going to a theater and you know have access to that. Otherwise, I think it's streaming in April. Is is that's the I word read. on the street? Yeah, so it'll be on HBO. Yeah, but really good. Uh, the franchise is in good hands, and we're, we're definitely gonna get more of these because I think it made 140 million over the weekend. So okay, you know, not too people, bad. people are still going to the theaters. It's just they're they're only seeing superhero movies and horror movies. So that's kind of where we're at with the uh, the theater industry at the moment. Um, so from TV from movies, I'll go to TV. Um, I watched the pilot of Winning Time on, on oh, HBO. Yes. This is, yeah.
1: Yes. I've, been,
2: I've been waiting for this for a while, ever since it was announced. Um, this is the show on HBO Max from Adam McKay, the director of The Big Short, Anchorman, um, Don't Look Up, which is nominated for Best Picture. Um, this is, he produced this series and it's about the Lakers in the 1980s. So and uh, Brandon, I know just from talking to you, we're both sports guys. So we probably know most of the people involved in this. And we probably know most of the things that happened, but I don't think you need to be a sports fan to be into this show. It's just, it's really well-written. They, they put everything like right on the screen that there, there's no nuance. It's just where the NBA was at this time. It was, you know, that they, they don't sugarcoat it. They're like, it's racist, there were a lot yeah. of black players and they, they thought people didn't want to watch it. So they they were saying Larry Bird, Magic Johnson. They're like, the teams want to draft Larry Bird because he's white. And they just, they put white, 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 white all over the screen. And this was the late 70s. So they're, they're not sugarcoating where, you know, society was at that point. And it's just really good. John C. Riley plays Jerry Buss, who was the Lakers owner. Um, he's killing it. And he was just—he was on fire in in this pilot. Just has a lot of good people in it. Um, Jason Segel is in this as well. Um, uh, Jason Clark is just one of my favorite actors. He's just a madman in this show. Sally Fields in this. She hasn't even shown up yet. It just really good. This is just Euphoria ended, and this is just HBO just picking up. They, they don't miss a beat. Euphoria ended. Winning time starts Sunday nights 9 p.m. HBO. That's that's where Prestige TV goes. And yeah, winning time, I think it's, I think I want to say 10 episodes. So that's, that's going to be my new thing that I look forward to every week for the next two or so months. And, uh, aside from that, I'm two episodes into the dropout, which is the Elizabeth Holmes story. I watched this, her documentary on HBO max. She's obviously the owner of the founder of Theranos, which was supposed to be this company that you could use to test your blood at home and it was supposed to like revolutionize the hair healthcare industry, but it didn't work. And she, she faked everything for so long and kept getting all these like rich white guys to give her money. And then eventually she's, I believe she's awaiting sentencing now. Yes. And she's played by Amanda Seyfried in this movie. Who's just really good. She's such a good actor. And I love her in this role. We're getting a lot of, uh, you know, in real life, drama is going on right now we just talked about winning time um pam and tommy is ending and now this picks up right after that and we're getting a lot of true stories and I- i'm enjoying this or either of you did either of you watch this or it's on your radar
0: i i was curious about it i do have a question for you sure is this one of the shows where the the woman in real life who ripped off everybody isn't she getting royalties from this show
2: I'm not sure that you might be thinking of uh, inventing Anna.
0: Oh, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah. we were talking about that. So I wonder if this is a similar situation.
2: She seemed to be very wealthy to begin with. So I don't Mm -hmm. know um, from what I'm from what I'm gathering. Elizabeth Holmes had money, whereas Anna Delvey. I don't know. I'm not sure that's her real name or the character's name in the show. Um, She seemed like she was just poor and she managed to con a bunch of people. But it seemed like actual.
0: um, But the actual show, like they had to pay her. I believe I did read
2: that as well, that she, she got some, she got $300,000 or something like that for this.
0: Not too shabby.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, Elizabeth Holmes probably didn't need 300 grand because she she came from wealthy family from, from what I gather. And there was an HBO doc. So I, I was fairly familiar with this case and it's just, it's really good to kind of see it play out in real time. And you're just like, holy shit. Like the thing she got away with. Wow. And, yeah, this, I believe this one's, like, I want to say seven or eight episodes, and that's on Hulu. So, good watch. They dro- I like the way Hulu drops series. It's like they, they put the first three out, and then they go week to week.
0: So I you, like you, that.
2: Yeah, you can get yourself, you know, get, get, get hooked. <laughs> yeah, you know, if you don't like it after two episodes, you can just move on with your life. But, mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. you know, I do like it after two episodes, so I will I will definitely uh, continue. Brandon, where's someplace people can follow you?
1: Um, until I hire someone to expand my social media presence uh you could find me on the (laughs) the facebook page okay for the tv and movies
2: sounds good yeah always always good to talk to you certainly jackie
0: you can also find me on the tv and movie television talk group on facebook or you can follow me on instagram at jackie lynn
2: 99.5 excellent and you can follow me at ddem 2000 that is my handle on instagram Twitter and also Letterboxd which um which is just the app I'm probably using the most right now other than Facebook just that's that's like an app where you you watch a movie, you rate it and then you see what your friends saw of the movie as well. It's kind of like instant instant discourse about the movies you watch. So it's uh, starting to pick up a lot of steam. I re- I really like this app. So that's uh, that's my handle on all those and if you want to talk about this movie or Any show movie that you like, you can, with um, Brandon, myself, or Jackie, or many other great people, you can join the movie and television talk Facebook group that both Brandon and Jackie mentioned. Just type that into a group search. We are the red cover photo. Jackie, we have a fun couple weeks coming up. What's happening?
0: That's right. Next week on Dollar Theater, we're going to watch Rounders. Yep. And the week after that, on Was It That Bad?, we're watching Rush Hour.
2: I'm looking forward to
1: both of those. <laughs> me too. Yeah. Brandon, any thoughts on either of those? Oh, I love the Rush Hour series. It's a guilty pleasure. It definitely. came out at just the right time for me. <laughs> sure.
2: Yeah, it came out about two years after Fear. So, yeah, it was like... Yes. Yeah, so, good time. Yeah, definitely. So, looking forward to both of those. Um, Brandon, thank you so much for joining us tonight, man. It was It was great chatting with you.
1: Oh, thanks again for having me.
2: Absolutely. And Jackie, pleasure as always. Thanks, Dave. You got it. And everybody, thank you for listening. We will catch you all next week. Have a good night, everybody. Good night.